and Savior, King of us all, Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, to be the glory forever. Amen. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent, of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught by, that they shall all taught, be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Spirit, one God, Amen. Christ is risen. Today is the second day, uh, second Sunday of the Holy Fifty Days. And if you remember, last Sunday was Thomas Sunday, and it was the Sunday following the resurrection. And the main message of last week was that God is asking us, that or telling us, or reminding us that it's important for us to persist even through doubt and sin. And we talked briefly about also the institution of our biologist Christ of the sacrament of confession. Here we read from the Gospel according to St. John uh, again, and actually all of the Sunday readings of the Gospel of the Holy Fifty Days are from the Gospel of St. John. The Gospel of St. John is the one that focuses the most uh, on the divinity of Christ, so it's appropriate in Christ's like strongest display of His divinity that we read uh, from this Gospel. That's why our mother, the Church, lines up Gospels or passages from the Gospel of St. John. This week we are reading from the Gospel of St. John chapter 6 where he talks about and says, I am the bread of life. And this theme, I am the bread of life, or, or Christ as the bread of life, is actually repeated another time in the year, in the, in the month, the Coptic month of Amshir, uh, for a different reason, talking especially specifically about the Eucharist. But today, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, when he's talking at the end, or throughout the passage, he's talking about the importance of having faith. And by faith we have life, and by faith we are risen or we will be raised from the dead. He says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. Then he says, this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. This phrase, I will raise him up at the last day, just in these ten verses, is repeated, ten to uh, repeated three times. So the focus is still, as it was with uh, the Gospel last week about St. Thomas, having faith so that Christ can so that we can be raised with Christ as he was raised from the dead. But in terms of having faith, so if last week we talked about having faith by, by, by seeing or faith by, uh, you know, yeah, faith by seeing, 
we can talk about maybe faith today as sort of a deep knowledge of God. Difference between sort of like knowing about somebody and knowing that person personally. Or the same difference actually between, for example, attending the liturgy or really experiencing the liturgy and praying the liturgy or experiencing the blessings of prayer, right? So there's, there's different levels of knowledge. There's different levels of experiences. And the more experience you have, the more focus you have, and the deeper you're able to go with it each time, the more you're going to benefit and the more you're going to have a new and more profound relationship with God. Same thing for all of our spiritual practices. The same thing when we pray, same thing when we confess, same thing when we fast. It should be this way, that each time we're doing these things, we're going deeper in them and having a, a, a more profound knowledge of these things. But oftentimes, unfortunately, we are regressing. We go back. Or at least maybe even we, we're not noticing or not paying attention to what we're doing. But if we have these experiences, or at least even if we've had these experiences in the past that we know that we can attain, like the grace of God, and to strive to attain even more, that's why our Lord Jesus Christ said also in the Gospel today that this is eternal life, that they may know you as the one true God. One description, by the way, of, uh, by the fathers of what we're going to do in heaven is we're going to get to know God more. Because God is infinite. God is infinite in His wisdom, He's infinite in His majesty infinite in His love, infinite in His knowledge, and it's going to take eternity to know more about God, more and more about Him, to know Him for who He is. And we can say the same thing on some, uh, of course, on a much smaller scale for the things that God allows us to have by His grace uh, here, in he here on earth. For example, the liturgy. So if I, if I pray one liturgy a week, or even if I attend liturgy every day, it might not be enough to grasp the meaning there's, there, there's much, a lot to explore, there's a lot to enjoy. Same thing that goes with sort of the reading of the Holy Scriptures, right? We don't read the Holy Scripture, we don't read the Bible and say, okay, I completed the Bible and so now I'm done, right? I, I continue to read, I continue to go deeper into the Bible because every time I read it, there's something that I can find, there's something I know, learn more, there's something I can benefit. So this is kind of what we're sort of be aiming for during this time of the Holy 50 Days. So Christ being risen from the dead, being victorious over death, being victorious over sin, over all the things that separate us from Him. So because of that, we should be realizing there's more to our lives actually than just overcoming sin. There's more to our lives in our spiritual, in our spiritual life than just overcoming sin. There's getting to know God more, living a heavenly life, which is a level above just trying to fight a sin or a passion or a desire or overcoming a weakness. Both of them, of course, are important. But that second thing, going to know, getting to know God more, is something that is more extensive and ongoing than just the fighting against sin. Saint Cyril of Alexandria, he talks about, he explains this sort of idea in his passage when he talks about how Christ is the bread of life, and it says that it reminds him of the Gospel of Saint Matthew because in one of the parables, uh, Saint Matthew he says like he. He says in, in, in one of the... He was speaking to the, to the disciples and to the people in parables and the people were not understanding. And then he quotes from, from the Psalms and he says, I open my mouth and utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. And then when he was with the disciples, our Lord Jesus Christ would explain the parables to them. And the idea here, what St. Cyril was sort of describing when he's talking about this passage, he says that when it comes to Christ, 
when people who are trying to come near to God, or even people who are far from God, you can understand maybe a certain level of things. But the deeper we go with Him, the deeper our relationship becomes with Him, the more we understand. It's not just going to be the surface things anymore. That's why the things of God are full of mystery. You can never stop studying. You can never stop enjoying. Kind of like we, what we say in uh, the liturgy of St. Gregory. When he talks about the sacrament of the Eucharist, he says, you have given me, the priest says, he's, you have given me the partaking of your flesh. You have given me this mystery. The partaking of your flesh in bread and wine. He's saying the fact that God gives us or keeps giving us more and more. And there are different steps and more revelation. For example, one of the, the passages that we read on Easter Monday, the day right after the Feast of the Resurrection, our mother, the church, puts down a certain gospel passage, which is the road to Emmaus, which is two disciples, by tradition, St. Cleopas and St. Luke, are walking to a city, and along the road they meet our Lord Jesus Christ, but they don't know Him, they don't recognize Him. It's the same thing when we are sort of in liturgy, or when we're reading the Bible, or when we're praying. We know that God is around, but sometimes we don't have that deep personal relationship with Him so that we're not recognizing Him, we're not able to experience Him. And so we begin in this journey of faith, but even more than that, there has to be, like, I have to like, keep looking and looking for the experience of God. And, and actually, the, the first step that happens is actually not coming from us, but coming from God. And our Lord Jesus Christ said that today. He says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. So he's saying, in order to get closer to God, God is the one who brings us first to him. He says, no one can come to him unless the Father who sent me draws him. So he calls all of us to himself. And then our first step, our first response, has to be the transformation of our minds. Right? That's what St. Paul says. The more we learn about God, whether in the scriptures or in the mysteries, the sacraments, or if we're going deeper in prayer, or reading the lives of the saints, or the history of the church, whatever it may be, the more we learn about God, the more it will attract us to Christ. So all of these things that we do, reading the Bible, reading spiritual books, listening to sermons, contemplation, spiritual growth, attending the liturgy of the Word, these are things that are to transform our mind. That's one of the reasons, by the way, when right before we start communion, I always make an announcement about taking communion that you should have attended the liturgy. Because what is especially the liturgy of the word, for. You can't just attend the liturgy of the faithful and that would be sufficient. For those of you maybe who don't know, the liturgy of the word essentially begins with the offering of the lamb and begins uh, and then goes through the readings. You can't just skip the liturgy of the word and come to the liturgy of the faithful because then your mind will not have any chance to have been transformed that day. God is trying to draw your mind near to Him. And in that moment, and you, you won't be attracted with your mind if you're not there. When we pray to God, we have to pray to Him, not just with our hearts, but with our minds. To pray with him, to Him with understanding, like St. Paul says. And even the Psalms, it says, in, my, in your word I have hidden in my heart, that I may not sin against you. So anytime we learn something, we put it in our minds and we transfer it into our hearts. So back to those two disciples that we read about in the, in the, on Easter Monday. At first, when they encountered our Lord Jesus Christ, he was a stranger who was walking with him, or walking with them, and they were surprised that he didn't know anything about what happened in Jerusalem before, especially talking about our Lord Jesus Christ's crucifixion and passion, and the fact that the tomb was empty. 
And it says the two of them were traveling. It says they were traveling together and it happened when they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near. When they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near. So the more we talk about Christ, the more we think about things of heaven, God is going to come near. Right? That makes sense. Our Lord Jesus Christ himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were sort of restrained. They're still not completely aware of the presence of the resurrected Lord. They knew Him, but they didn't know Him fully. And that's why it says in that Gospel that their eyes were restrained, so that they did not know Him. If you think about the, the events of the resurrection, there are other passages that the same thing is happening after the resurrection. They didn't know Him in the beginning, and then they knew Him. Like what? Like St. Mary Magdalene. On the first day, when who did she, she thought that our Lord Jesus Christ was the gardener. And at the end of that conversation with Him, she's worshipping Him. And there's another one. The disciples, when they're fishing, and they launched out into the deep, and they launched for a catch, and then when they launched for a catch and they caught all the fish, St. Peter realized, oh yeah, this is the same miracle with the disciples that, he, that Christ had done before. And he jumped out into the water and he said, he proclaimed Jesus as God. So sometimes our eyes are not always open to recognize Him and to recognize Him fully. But when you start thinking about Him, when you start contemplating on Him, and you start thinking about spiritual things, talking about how I can know Christ more in intimately, doing the things that will allow me to know Him more intimately, this is how I can begin to see Him. This is why after they were talking about Christ on the road, when they were talking about Christ, and then our Lord Jesus Christ Himself started to explain to them the Scriptures. And he says he started to explain the Scriptures from the beginning of Moses and all the prophets and the Old Testament, and he expounded all the Scriptures. That he said the things concerning himself. So he's expounding. Basically this means he's translating or unfolding or making it sort of revealed to these two disciples. He's basically saying when he's walking with them, how can you not believe that Christ has risen from the dead? Look at the scripture. Look at this prophecy. Look at that prophecy. It all points to the resurrection of the Lord. So their minds are becoming filled, more transformed. And sometimes we need that help to transform our minds. We need help to fill our minds with those things that, that are of heaven rather than earthly. That's why we listen to sermons. That's why we speak to spiritual people that are trying to edify us, whether it be servants or a spiritual guide or father of confession. That's why we read spiritual books. To put more of those things in our minds so that the mystery of Christ can be expounded in our lives. So that we can maybe consider to be like the first step. But our walk with God is not just a mental exercise. We're not going to, for example, when we go to school, we don't go to school just to memorize things and to learn things. Yes, we have to exercise our mind. But like we were saying before, if our hearts are not there, then we're not doing the job fully. Like when our Lord Jesus Christ was rebuking the disciples for their lack of faith, He didn't say their lack of knowledge. He says, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe. So sometimes our hearts are slow to believe, like with St. Thomas and the disciples on the road to Emmaus. At the end they were like, oh yeah, of course, this was Christ. Why did they, how did they recognize Christ? If anybody's familiar with the scripture, what did they say after he disappeared from them? He says, they says that their hearts were burning within them. So sometimes we might not acknowledge God fully or feel his presence, but our hearts are like itching, are burning within us when we hear something or when we're praying, or when we come to liturgy, we know something is happening. Sometimes it's just a glimpse. 
Or maybe we try to suppress it, or maybe we ignore it, or maybe we think I'm just being emotional today. But no, this is the Holy Spirit working to transform my mind and my heart. My heart is burning within me so that I can kindle this fire and grow more passionate for Christ. So when on the road to Emmaus, when he opened the scriptures, he says our hearts were kindled and he spoke to us, our hearts were burning. So knowledge is one thing, but praying with our hearts is another and we need to have both. That's why, you know, when some people just say, you know what, I'll, I'll study, I'll read the Bible, but you know, I'm not going to pray. I can't use the Igbayah. Or I won't learn hymns, or I won't practice the presence of God, I won't try to contemplate on Him. Or other people do the opposite. I'll do spiritual things, but I don't need to learn, I don't need to know anything more than, you know, Christ is risen from the dead, I know Christ is God, that's all I really need to know. But actually we need to do both. So after we have the work of our minds and the work of our hearts, the last step, so that we can come to see the revealed risen Christ, and come as close to the presence of God, is that we don't fight against it and we don't put any obstacles in the way. So the first step, like we said, the very, very, very first step is God is drawing you near to Him. And while drawing you near to Him, all of a sudden you have this wall that's built. So that even if you feel attracted to God, you're going to hit this wall. You're not going to get close to God. So all these things that are in our lives, barriers that separate us from God, is what we have to take away. And the closer we get, the more we attend, the more we follow with our hearts, with our minds, with our bodies. What did the disciples do that was so wise when they came to like a fork in the road on the road to Emmaus? When the, when he was, the person was traveling, Christ was traveling, they didn't know it was Christ. And they say, he said, okay, this is where I'm going to stop. What did the disciples say? It says they constrained him. Meaning like basically they pressured him. Come with us, stay with us. And actually this is what we need to do too. Of course, God doesn't need any pressure to be with us. He wants to be with us. He wants us to be with him. But he wants us to have also a desire to be with him. And that's why we have to constrain him in our prayers, in our relationship with him. You know, like David says in the Psalms, I will not give my eyes slumber until I find a resting place for the Lord. And they said, stay with us. It's, it's, it's evening, the day is spent, we want you to stay with us. If they didn't constrain him, convince him to come, they wouldn't have realized that this was Christ. So I have to sometimes insist. I have to insist to come to liturgy. I have to insist to confess. I have to insist to pray, even if I don't feel like it. I should insist to learn hymns. I should insist to read the Bible. Because if I don't, I might be missing a chance that Christ is wanting to reveal Himself to me. Or my eyes are going to be still darkened. So the way we grow spiritually is by opening our eyes to see the greatness of God. So if we learn with our minds, if we pray with our hearts, we attend with our bodies, and we follow closely, then our eyes are going to be open to see the greatness of God, to see His resurrection, the glory of His resurrection. And then we will love the liturgical life, we'll love everything related to it. And then we would be prepared for heaven, here even on earth, and prefer heaven over earth. Because when, when were the disciples on the road to Emmaus, when were their eyes opened? Right? They convinced Christ to go with Him, and they convinced Christ to stay with Him, and they convinced Christ to go eat with them. And they had a meal, and he started praying, and he broke the bread, and then that's the moment that they knew. 
So the idea is, in the liturgy, that's when our eyes are fully opened. He celebrated liturgy with them. And actually the church fathers explained this. That's when they finally understood. It wasn't that they finally understood when Christ expounded the scripture, although the scripture was important. It wasn't enough. It wasn't when he had the discussion with them. The discussion was important. And that's why their hearts were burning. But it still wasn't enough. But when they celebrated the liturgy, then it was complete. So we have to do all of these things in order for our spiritual eyes to open, to reveal the transfigured and the resurrected Lord. And right when they knew and recognized that He was Christ, what happened? He disappeared. Why? Because that's all they needed to do. Once they saw Him with the eyes of their hearts, they didn't need to see Him with the eyes of the flesh any longer. And the same thing with us. We're in the continuation of this life where we don't see Christ with our physical eyes. We see Him with the eyes of our heart. And this is more than sufficient until I reach the heavenly kingdom. So like to sort of wrap up, to conclude, Christ, He was saying in the beginning, no one can come to me unless the Father draws near to me. He's the one who first attracts us to raise us on the last day. But we have to be connected to God with learning, with praying from the depths of our hearts, coming closer to God, especially in the liturgical life as much as possible. The more I understand God, the more I comprehend Him, the more I can have Him. St. Augustine, he says, Let God then, who is ever perfect, grow and grow in you. For the more you understand God and apprehend Him, He seems to be growing in you. But Himself, He grows not, being ever perfect. You understood a little yesterday, you understand more today, will understand much more tomorrow. So what St. Augustine is saying here, the more I learn and understand about God, the bigger He becomes. Although He is not changing, it's just bigger for me. Bigger in my life. And he continues, he said, by the way, this is the objective of our spiritual life, to have God grow in us until you're united with Him. He continues, he says, the very light of God increases in you as if thus God increases who remains ever perfect. It is as if, as if one's eyes were being cured of former blindness. And he began to see a glimmer of light. And the next day he saw more, and the third day still more. To him the light would seem to grow. Yet the light is perfect, whether we see it or not. Thus it is also with the inner man, he makes progress indeed in God, and God seems to be increasing in him. Yet man himself is decreasing, that he may fall from his own glory, and rise into the glory of God. This is the goal of our spiritual life, especially, most especially, in the Holy 50 Days. That we seek the heavenly kingdom, and God grows in our hearts, so that we decrease, and that He appears to grow and increase in our lives. We need this every day in our lives, every hour, every minute, because without Him, as Christ says, we can do nothing. Even anything good, we cannot do without Him. So, may God give us and grant us to help us to learn with our minds, to pray with our hearts, to contend with our bodies, to grow in our spirits, so that our spiritual eyes may be open to see the resurrected Lord, and glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.